Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Horn. With me, as usual, is my guy, Donald Thomas. And as you can see today, we have a very special guest, linebacker, middle linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts during the entire 2000s run for the Indianapolis Colts where we were just winning games left and right. Man, miss those days dramatically. Let's welcome in Gary Brackett. Thank you, Gary, for coming in. Appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us today. Nah, no problem, man. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Donald, uh, I'm going to, hey, you know, you were able to reach out and talk to him. Uh, why don't you uh, start us off, talk, whatever you want to discuss. Yeah, no, I just wanted, you know, to start bringing on some uh, some Colts legends um, that the people, people uh, you know, uh, hold dear to their heart. So we're blessed to have you on the show, G. Um, thank you for, you know, taking the time to, to chop it up with us and just talk about the Colts and, and the state of the Colts and where they are right now, um, as opposed to where, you know, you remember them being when you were playing. So, I, you know, a quick question to you is, you know, being, you know, the season is what it is with Anthony Richardson going down, um, you know, they're losing, you know, a couple guys here and there and Jonathan Taylor coming back. Where do you see the state of the Colts at right now and moving forward? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. I don't know about you, but any time in offseason uh, when the schedule came out, it was like always a big day, right? And it was always three things. It was like, uh, uh, do we got a Thanksgiving game to get that bye week, right, and go home? Um, it was like, do we have a Christmas game? And, like, when is the bye week? And it was like, for me, it was always like a sprint to the bye week because I knew no matter when it came, my body was going to be ready for it. Um, you know, uh, there's a hundred percent injury rate in the NFL and guys are always playing banged up, playing injured. And we've seen a lot of that, you know, going into the break with Zaire being out with Josh Downs being out. So I think obviously coming off of a bye week, uh, winning, uh, Germany against the Patriots five and five, uh, seven games left. They're almost in control of their own destiny. Um, you know, if they, you know, get on a hot streak, they're already, you know, one, two uh, games away if they could continue the streak and they could get to that eight, nine win total, you're talking about them potentially being a wild card into the playoffs. So, um, you know, lost a couple of close games there earlier. Um, but um, Minshew, you know, he is what he is. He's, he's not going to be that guy who's going to stretch the field with long passes. So he's going to be that, that short to immediate route. So you got definitely going to have to see a lot more Jonathan Taylor getting back to that 2000 yard form. If, if they're going to be, you know, a playoff team and, and able to make a run in the playoffs. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, use promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts so i want to push back on the last game the indianapolis colts you brought it up uh during your time with the indianapolis colts there was a hard colts patriots manning 
Brady rivalry going on, kept going back and forth, regular season playoffs. Then during the luck area, it all went Patriots. Mm -hmm. Now, the Indianapolis Colts just beat the Patriots on a world stage across seas in Germany. That had to hit you in the feels one way or another, right? I mean, <laughs> you know what's crazy? Um, I, I talked about like my hatred for the Patriots. You know, uh, they took us out in 03 my first year out there in New England. Um, then again, 04, right? So then we played in, in our in our championship season and got over that hump uh, to go on and win the championship. So definitely never liked those guys. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing, after playing for so long and seeing the run that they would on, I learned to respect them. So even though I always, you know, wish we beat up on the Patriots for sure, I definitely respect um, Belichick and uh, and Brady just for, you know, that run they did was unprecedented you know, the, the amount of success they had in, in our era. Yeah, no, you know, and, and, and that's a big thing too. If we segue to the Patriots, you know, it was when I came here from the Patriots, it was always like when I would meet people out, sorry to hear that was, was their thing when we were here that I played for the Patriots. And I'm like, you know, from a standpoint of, um, you know, when you play in the NFL, you know, it's always a big deal to play in a, in, in a rivalry situation. Right. So, when I went to New England, the, instantly the rivalry was the Colts, right? And it was, but it wasn't the same as pre before I got there when Gary was playing because it just wasn't the same personnel, same players, same coaching staff. It just wasn't the same head to head rivalry between Manning and Brady. It just wasn't the same, even though, you know, um, it was kind of, you know, uh, forecast or, or, or put on to the players that, hey, this is a serious rivalry here. Even even without, you know, um, a franchise quarterback, you know, the first year that I was there, it was Dan Orlowski and Painter and those guys. And the second year was luck. And it just wasn't the same rivalry. There was a kind of a struggling Patriots, I mean, um, Colts team. Um, but nonetheless, it was a big rivalry and still kind of is revered here, you know, in Indiana, Indiana. Um, for the fans that you got to beat the, the Patriots whenever they're on, they're on the schedule, but it's just not the same anymore. Um, but segueing into it, I, I'm glad that the Colts were able to take care of business against a struggling Patriots team because then it would kind of bring up the, the rivalry again of what well, we just, you know, we got it. The Patriots have our number, blah, 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 whatever it is. Um, but Gary, what was your record against the Patriots while you were, while you were, you were, you were playing? Mm, that's a good question. Um, man, I know of three games we lost to them for sure. I think I think I was like two and three. I think we we um I think we lost in in um in the we lost in o in o three in the playoffs there in o four we lost like it was like a goal line stop that uh they stopped Edrian on the goal line so we lost the regular season which made us play them in out there during the um playoffs in o four so then those we I lost like three in a row and then. We beat them in the regular season in Indianapolis, uh, and then we won in the championship game. So I think I was like two and three against the Patriots all time. Question. So I've always been a proponent of, you know, uh, you draft a quarterback high, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily, not necessarily guys are ready to step in right away, especially at the quarterback position. It's, it's, it's not easy. And you're seeing some success from some guys this year. Um, your take on – uh, you know, Anthony Richardson obviously was picked high. Do you think he was ready to play this year, starting starting off the season, or would you rather have seen him 
you know, um, you know, get some some just some some eyes on the on the on the game from the sideline and kind of watch film and then kind of, you know, I was projecting him to be starting right around this time of the year, right before the bye week or after the bye week, they would probably have made a change depending on what the what the what the you know their remaining schedule looked like and what their their record reflected. What is your take on uh Anthony Richardson starting the season off in the injury that that, that he sustained so early in his career? Yeah, that man, that's such a great question because you look around the league and you see it, you know, either way, right? Um, um, CJ Stroud balling down there in Houston. Um, you see um, the guy in uh, Carolina um, out there struggling. So um, always a great question. I think uh, just because of the nature of the head coach's offense and how dangerous it is and how much success he had at Philadelphia, I think it was the right call to put Anthony Richardson out there. I think it gave you that multiple – you know, run threat option. I think uh, where he could have learned better at was, you know, his his ability to get down and his ability to run those calls um, and those plays and protect himself a little bit more. Um, so I think, you know, they, they ran the ball a lot and he had a huge amount of success. Uh, I think throwing the football, the timing still wasn't there. Um, he, he wasn't quite, you know, hitting the receivers in stride. Uh, there was a lot of mishaps, but I think that was getting better. Um, but I think if you get, you know, at that position, I don't think the Colts had anything to lose. Right. So I think if we'd have had a more stable quarterback with more experienced records of winning, then of course you'll say, all right, let that guy go out there and play. But because, you know, Minshew is going to be a wild card. Richardson is going to be a wild card. Like I, I would take my changes on Richardson. Just because his upside is so high, I, um, I was I was at the practice facility um, during training camp when he had that scrambling one legged throw. We throw like in the end zone. I'm like, yo, this dude is like in- incredible, right? So I think you're gonna see a lot more of those plays in his career, but um, he just is gonna have to learn how to manage, um, you know, his body and and when to get hit, when to go down, which is going to be so dangerous because his strength is his ability to run the football. So if you try to turn him into a pocket passer, you you lose, you know, what you got him for in the first place. So I think it's going to be, you know, tough, you know, managing that. And you see, you know, Lamar Jackson had success. Mike Vick had success at a point. But I think um, you, you're going to really have to dial back probably how much he runs the football and probably use him more almost as a threat you know, sometimes the threat of him running and then him throwing the ball because, you know, if if he can't stay healthy, you know, him running the football is going to be irrelevant. Yeah, you know, I said, you know, that because of his size, mm-hmm. right, I, I put him with a, a Cam Newton kind of category. Um, but you remember when Cam Newton was running all those, those touchdowns and doing all the Superman stuff and all that, kind of from a defensive standpoint, in my mind, I felt like guys were just taking it to the point to tee off on him whenever they could. And that's what ultimately kind of cut his career short a little bit with him starts to say like some more injuries. And I felt, I just feel like from a standpoint of that set the tone for we're not about to let a big physical quarterback just run over us. Like how Cam did right. And in the league, like last, some of those guys aren't even playing anymore. Majority of them aren't even playing the ones that were teeing off on Cam Newton. But I, I said it from the beginning, you know, Lawrence can back me up on this. Like, guys are going to take their shots on him whenever they can. 
And so there were a couple of times where he, you know, when he got into the end zone, he, he took that big shot that gave him that concussion. And it's like, this is going to keep happening because of just his size. If you want to run with them, they're going to say, we're going to take away that run threat. And that's what I hated for him so early in his career was taking those big hits and not understanding the severity of, you know, this is the league. Like these defensive guys are really going to set the tone and be like, you ain't running the ball on us like you think. And if you are, you're going to feel it real quick. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I would love to see him come back healthy, but I just feel like, yeah, like you're right. He's got to learn to, you know, slide and get out of the way and, and take what he can get and get down because it's not going to be pretty for him. It's crazy. Like you said, I don't I don't feel like this, his sense of urgency wasn't there. You know, finishing out those runs, it was like, dude, I'm going to hit you, right? If it's legal, like I'm not letting you step out of bounds, stepping this across the end zone without me like touching you. So you better get in here, protect me, juke me last minute. And I, and I don't think, that really was triggered in his mind. He thought it was like, yo, I'm about to score. He going to let me just score. Like, nah, bro, it ain't that sweet. Like, you you about to get hit. And and I think, like you said, like you mentioned, that's what happened to him. And unfortunately, he suffered that concussion. And, and, and this is what happens. Like, every time you get injured, you get, like, one second slower, right? And then you become – you're not the fastest guy out there anymore, right? And you got defensive linemen who also run four fives and four fours. And these dudes are big. So um, he just has to be really mindful of, like, the hits that he takes, who's out there on the field, and just, like, um, I think the term was always, like, hit on a swivel, right? So just, like, always looking to make sure, like, you ain't getting cheap shot, you ain't getting blindsided, you ain't taking unnecessary unnecessary hits. Um, We'll go over towards the defense side of the ball this year. Earlier in the season, um, the Indianapolis Colts, their run defense has been solid. And then – for some reason, I don't know if it's because Grover Stewart is out because of the suspension or what, but ever since he's been out, it's went from like averaging 3.1 yards per carry given up by the defense to like five, six yards per carry given up by the defense. What, in your opinion, is causing this and what can the Indianapolis Colts players, coach, or even GM wise can do possibly to help solidify this situation? Um, uh, I, we joke, I joke with Donald all the time that the, the best defense is a great offense, right? So, um, so, uh, when, when there are close games and, it, and it, when it's a competitive game, then teams are going to be able to run the football, right? There's no reason for them to pass. And if you're a head coach, uh, in the NFL, you know, your safest bet is running the ball effectively, especially if you get a five yards of carry. So, um, I think one offensively putting up points, put some pressure on the other team to actually get out and throw the ball around. That would help us out. But like you said, um, I mean, Grover is a, you know, that's a significant loss with, you know, the middle of your defense, you know, a pro bowler, you know, being out. So I'm sure a lot of that is attributed to him and the double teams and stuff that he had to get. So, I mean, you know, someone has to step up. Um, they haven't just yet, but I think um, if, if they can't, if you don't have a guy to replace him, then you just got to get a little bit more creative on defense, run some games and stuff like that to try to, like, shorten some gaps and have some movement to get some guys in penetration to get some tackles for laws to kind of break up that, you know, that run de- that, that run offense. Okay. Don? Yeah, no, um, I, I definitely agree. Going back to uh, state of the state of the team, mm-hmm. You know, I said beginning of the season, the Colts are going to be right around like a nine win team. Right. Right. And so I don't know if that's necessarily good enough to win the division. And I don't know if they'll pan out to be good enough to get a wild card spot. Do you see them getting more than nine wins and winning the division this year? 
I think the division is tough. I mean, Jacksonville already got like seven wins, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, and and they're playing really good football. So I, I don't see them surpassing Jacksonville at this point. Um, did they already play? I think they already played Jacksonville twice, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And lost two times. Yeah, so, yeah, so and on uh, just with that math and that metric, you know, losing to that divisional team twice is going to be a, very hard to make that up in terms of you know switching the tie and winning the division. Um, I think a huge game is going to be that Texas game the last week of the season. Um, you know, and that they're probably hopefully if they if that is like they got eight wins going for that ninth win, that would be that game that 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 ninth win. And I think you're you're dead on. It's going to take nine wins at least to kind of get into, you know, the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think they, they can win nine games. I think, you know, you look at Tampa Bay, this week is a winnable game. Um, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow has been hot and cold. I don't know if he's sustained a long-term injury. Is he out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so that that game then becomes winnable. Um, you know, you look at some of those other teams that they play, um, I think their schedule coming down the stretch is conducive to them winning four games. But you know they're they're gonna have to put up some points on offense. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they're gonna have to win some games that they typically haven't won. I mean, like against Pittsburgh, right? I mean, they they got to face Pittsburgh. That's a team that and you you talk about the rivalry with the Patriots. Uh, the Colts have only beat Pittsburgh what once ever, and and you was there. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's an amazing thing. Like in, in the Indianapolis Colts, right? It's right, unbelievable. Right. Um, is that true? Is that accurate? We only beat the I'm still, I think the only time the Colts have beat Pittsburgh was with Peyton Manning at home. I don't think the, the Indianapolis Colts have ever even beaten Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. If I, I think if we I beat them correctly in Pittsburgh when I was playing, I think we beat them one time in Pittsburgh when I was yep. playing. Yep, I, I remember. Um, that. But yeah, I, I I had the Colts winning six to nine, depending upon how Anthony Richardson was going. So right. yeah, it, it just depends. I want to kind of go back a little bit. We got some questions that I I had popped up here on on Twitter. Zach Rossi brings up a great question. Uh, thinking back now, obviously, I, I'm assuming. Well, I'm not going to assume anything. I'm just going to ask you the question: Who was the most difficult running back quarterback combination? Mm. on a team that you had faced in your career yeah see that's that's a great question running back quarterback combination um let's see um i think the david gerard um jones drew was always tough um when they were running that you know option and gerard would keep the ball sometimes he was a big dude to bring down And, and jones drew was just so fast and you know, his his height made it so you couldn't really see him in the backfield. So you would just have to, you know, assume whatever hole that was open, that would be the hole that he was running through and, and like, going in there and bad intention. So um, I think they, they were very good. A close second um, is uh, New England, um, obviously Tom Brady. Uh, Corey Dillon was a dog. Like old school yeah. Corey Dillon. I mean, he was a he was a three down back. He could catch the ball. Um, he, he ran hard. So I think those were some epic battles with him uh, and Tom Brady as well. But I those those two combinations, I think, would definitely be the toughest. Okay, thank you, John. Yeah, no. So do you have another Twitter question, or do you want me to just fire off one? Oh, yeah, I'll go ahead and ask one more Twitter question. Um, who was your favorite teammate to spend? 
outside of the facility. Yeah, so my dog was uh, Kato Jr. His birthday was just uh, yesterday. Uh, so uh, we definitely, we came in together in 03. Uh, he was uh, from Michigan. Um, he was a, a safety converted to a linebacker. I, I jokingly say that I, I taught him the linebacker position. Uh, but that's my brother, man. Um, we actually, in our third year, uh, we brought houses like next door to each other. So we were neighbors during that Super Bowl run. Uh, we carpooled together. Uh, so we spent a lot of time together. Our families playing spades, you know, after game activities. Uh, There's a lot of winning. So it was, it was a lot of, you know, after game parties. So, uh, but yeah, that's definitely my dog, Cato June. Uh, it's, it's interesting that you say, well, you know, I, I joke that I, I taught Cato June how to play linebacker. Now Cato June is playing, teaching today's Indianapolis Colts linebacker. So in effect, if you want to think of it that way, you are teaching today's Hey. NFL uh, Colts linebackers. <laughs> yeah, you, you heard it here first. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah, but he he, he really, um, I mean, he was a smart player, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Just as much as I told him run game, run fits, reading, he taught me, like, how to play man-to-man coverage. Uh, there was a time, um, you know, there was man coverage on defense, and I would be the nickel Mike, he would be the nickel Will, and I would say, hey, switch, you got to play three, which is the tight end. So it would be Tony Go- uh, Gonzalez, you know, it'd be, you know, Shannon Sharp. I mean, it'd be some dogs. And I didn't feel comfortable playing it. So one offseason, we drilled it, and I got comfortable playing. So kind of we fed off each other, though. But uh, I think we were, like, one of the original, you know, um, linebackers that could play three downs that were, you know, just as dangerous in the passing game that we were in the running game. Awesome. All right, Don, go ahead, man. Yeah. So, Gary, besides winning the Super Bowl, obviously, right, that's the highest of the high, mm-hmm. what's another great uh, – Colts game that's like etched in your mind as one of the, the, the greatest games that you you guys as a team um, victory that you guys you guys won whether it's on the road home whatever what's your, your greatest Colts memory besides you know winning the Super Bowl man I think a game um, obviously besides the Tampa Bay game we came back that was, that was the anniversary of that just past year um, but we had another game um, Houston Texans we were down big in the fourth quarter this was down there at their stadium and um, man, we're I, I was thinking it up personally that game, um, and it was it's called I guess the Rosencopter, where Sage Rosenfield went and he tried to jump for the first down. He fumbled the ball. I picked it up and scored like a sixty-five yard touchdown. Um, then after that, Mathis had a sack strip fumble. Uh, Peyton threw the red and we won that game. So that was just um really indicative of the team that we had that we we never quit, never surrendered, and always played you know sixty minutes of football. We were talking about earlier about how, you know, you didn't get sent on blitzes a lot because you were you were a coverage guy out there in that cover two system. And you ended up with 12 interceptions on your career. Which one sticks out the biggest in your memory of, of man, that that I'm really proud of that play right there? Mm, man, so many. Another reason, too, you got to think, I mean, we I played with arguably two Hall of Fame defensive ends. I mean, if you mm-hmm. look at like Robert Mathis and and Dwight Freeney, I think both of them are like top 15, top 20 in sacks in NFL history, right? Mm-hmm. Robert Mathis has the most sack strip fumbles in NFL history. So, I mean, our front four got it done, right? And if you can rush with your front four, um, you know, that's a recipe for success. Uh, but in regards to like interceptions, um, there was one against Tom Brady against New England. 
Uh, I kind of tipped it to myself, called it, got up and ran. I think that one was kind of memorable for me because that was a big game. Like we talked about earlier, that rivalry with the Patriots. So being able to make a big play on a big stage was always critical for me. Okay. Okay. We got about seven minutes left. Don, you got anything else we want to talk about? Hey, Gary. So there was a game. (laughs) Here we go. 2009. Right. Uh, I believe it was the second game of the year. Yeah, Look, Lawrence, Lawrence is fl- is flipping through his uh his 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 his, his years. I believe it was Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. and it was um, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Miami Dolphins. Right, I believe the Miami Dolphins had the ball for forty five minutes. It's a record NFL record for time. Right. And the Colts still won that game, right? Yeah. Can you explain or can you tell, talk about that game in particular, just on how physical, how physical up front and dominant that Miami Dolphins offensive line was um, <sighs> against against the, the, the Colts that game um, and just how we just will – how they just marched up and down the field and why you guys weren't successful in, in, in stopping the run or the pass game in that game. Why, why was that game so much, you know, cause the offense obviously carried the Col- the Colts for that game, but why was, why, why was the Miami Dolphins uh, offense so dominant in that game? Uh, man, I, I guess, well, you right guard, left guard. So this is a game has nothing to do about me. So Donald played in this it's game. Like a little and, uh, bit of rivalry here going on. <laughs> the last two years, and this was always the top of a, a conversation. So this is the one game that we played against each other in our careers that we overlapped. And, yes, they were dominant in that game. Um, and they weren't passing the ball. So that, that wasn't it. It wasn't the passing game. They had Ronnie Brown and, and Ricky Williams in the backfield, and they ran a wildcat offense. And the crazy thing is, headed to the game, they had ran a little bit during the season, showed it a little. And our defensive coordinator said, hey, they're going to run this. It's a gadget play for them. They're going to run it three or four times. We're going to run this play. We're going to knock it back. And that's it. Nothing more to talk about. I'm saying, hey, coach, what if they run it more? They're not going to run it more. Nothing to talk about. I'm like, okay. They, they ran Wildcat like 50 snaps during this game. And, and any time – especially in the NFL. And, and this is why running quarterbacks are so successful. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, AR, right? Because when you have a, a quarterback who can run the ball, it, it creates another gap on defense. And, and if and if offense gets a hat on a hat and everyone gets blocked up and that quarterback can make you miss, this will be a long day, right? And we saw some success early. So it was a long, long day for us. Uh, I think both those guys had 100 yards. Uh, man, it was a very physical game. Uh, but, yeah, they definitely uh, took it to us that game. Um, thank goodness we're a team, right? Offense, defense, special teams. Uh, but Peyton and the boys definitely bailed it out that game because it was a long night for us in Miami. Uh, I don't know how many yards they had rushing, but it was it was very physical. It was definitely smash my football. We were not uh, prepared to play this. And I think, I mean, at the time, man, our, our our defensive tackles was like 280 pounds, Don't so we're just like Don't so them dudes. Uh, yeah, I mean, so we 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 didn't have run stop of defensive tackles, and 
And if we got to one of those physical games, man, it was going to be a long game. Wow. Yeah, that was one where it was, I mean, it was so, it was like 90 degrees at kickoff and it was humid. I mean, everybody on the field was cramping. I mean, everybody had like fourth quarter, it was offense, defense. It was almost like a brother-in-law kind of, kind of up front, like, hey, make it look good. Cause like no one had anything left juice in the tank, we like laying on each other, like literally like grown men, just like, just, just holding on for dear life and hoping the running back still has some left. But that was a memorable game on my end, just because it was so physical. I mean, I remember after the game, Dwight Freeney instantly took a knee um, and just, I mean, he couldn't even walk off the field for a couple of minutes. He had to, everyone just had to regroup. It was just like, Hey, we fought, we fought the good fight. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Offense, defense on both sides of the football. Um, that was probably one of my, one of my memorable games against the Colts um, uh, was that game Gary, when we played against each other, because it was just one of those things where you never forget. Like we I think we ran a hundred and, 40 plays on offense or something, something crazy yeah. like that. It was insane. Um, just run after run after run, power, 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 power. It seemed like they called power maybe 60 times in one game was, was unheard of. But yeah, that was one where me and Gary did go against. I always bring it up and I'll, I'll, I'll pull a clip up with me, me and him coach together the past couple of years and showing something on, on, on my phone. Like, hey, look at this one right here. Here we go again. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to hold on. I tell you this: there, there's nothing worse than a linebacker, right? Where it's power O, so you know tackles gonna block down, double team, guards gonna come around the pool, fullbacks gonna reach out. I gotta go hammer somebody, I mean I gotta force the ball back in. So when the ball go back and it cuts back in, it's not my job, right? They would just no. they keep on cutting back in. It's just like, bro, like I I don't know what else I could do, right? Like if I if I hit the wrong shoulder, so it's just one of those games where you're just like, look, man, I got I got nothing. Like, unless we're going to, like, blitz, switch it up, we ain't had nothing called, we're drawing stuff in on the, on the dirt on the sideline, I'm just like, man, I don't care what you do. Like, if you ain't – if somebody ain't getting his backside, like, it's – and it was just – it was a long game. So, I'm going to give you a moment to go ahead and uh, just talk to the Colts fans out there. You know, let them know a little bit about – uh, what's going on in your life and anything that's going on in your, uh, you know, you won't maybe want to tell somebody something, whatever, uh, give you a, a couple moments sit here and, and, and just say whatever you need to say. All right. Yeah. One, just want to thank, you know, coast nation for rock with me, uh, since 2003, when I got here in Indianapolis, I've always felt like a Hoosier. So for the last 20 years, this has been my residence and I feel that, um, wholeheartedly. So I, I appreciate the support over the years. Uh, personally, I love being a part of this community, coaching my kids, uh, raising a family uh, has been beautiful. Uh, professionally, I have spoken um, almost 20 or 30 keynotes uh, addresses a year. Um, so appreciate your support there, being a motivation and an inspiration to those uh, that's, you know, trying to work trying to take care of their family, just trying to live uh, this thing we call life. So uh, my one encouraging um, word to you all would be just the speed of the leader determines the rate of the pack. And all of us in our lives, our leaders, all of us have someone looking at us. Uh, if not someone, um, we got ourselves to lead. So um, it really, it all is about us. It's all about, you know, us preserves every single day. Uh, you got to win. So uh, sometimes you got to be your biggest cheerleader, your biggest supporter. Uh, but you definitely got, you know, what you need inside of you. You just got to show up every day uh, and, and, and and let it fly, uh, be brave, be courageous, uh, and go out there and just live a, a fantastic championship life. 
right, Gary, I really appreciate you uh, taking 30 minutes out of your time. Come on, hang out with us, Donald. Uh, great questions. Appreciate you reaching out to Gary uh, and doing that. Gary, you're more than welcome. Anytime you want to come, if you got some, you like watch a game or something and you're like, man, I, I need to tell somebody something about that because this is some BS or whatever, you know, feel free reach out, man. We'll more than gladly have you back on. Um, for Donald Thomas and myself, Gary Brackett, this was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.